1: Trojan fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast. On a Monday, we're gonna talk some USC Trojan football, two weeks of spring fra- practices in the books. We're gonna to talk to the coach Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com, to check out all of his takes about the USC Trojan football team. And if you have any questions or comments for us here on the show, send us an email podcast at USCfootball.com. Say hey, it's the Coach Harvey Hyde Show. For Ryan, The Keeley Show, whatever show you want it to be, let us know in the email and we will listen to play it and uh, read it on the air and give us uh, give you our thoughts on what's going on there. Sorry, it's a Monday. I'm, my words are not coming to me right away. But you can also email us with podcast at uscfootball.com. You can voicemail us or text us at four, two, four, two, five, four, nine, one, four, one. Send us a text or leave us a voicemail to that number and we'll be happy to play it on the air. And if you have the Apple podcasting app on any of your devices, please follow us on the Peristyle podcast, leave a five-star rating, any kind of review you have. we love to hear from you and it definitely helps us to grow the show. And we're going to keep growing the show coach. And now that we have some football to talk about again, it is great to be out there at the Coliseum or at Howard Jones field, checking out the team. And I know you did that this past Saturday. We're going to pick your brain about that and a lot more. Welcome to the show coach. How are you doing today?
0: Well, thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, it was a beautiful day out there, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, we had an opportunity to watch the water polo team play right behind us as they beat Stanford 12-8, to USC's water polo team. So we don't want to keep it a secret. is ranked the number one women's volleyball uh, uh, water polo team. is ranked number one in, in the country. The lacrosse team is ranked number two in the country. So we might as well spread the word on that a little bit, too. And uh, I just had a great day out there. And we saw a lot of different types of uh, scrimmage opportunities. Inside drill, outside drill, seven-on-seven, seven, offensive scrum, goal line, uh, red zone, uh, special teams. So we'll start wherever you want, buddy.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. So we we're going to get into the scrimmage. But first, uh, we got some breaking news. I'll do uh, our news drop. Yeah, breaking news. So USC will now allow approximately uh, 5,000 family members, guests, and fans in the Coliseum on Saturday for the Spring Showcase. So it's this Saturday, April 17th, 1 p.m. It's going to be live on the Pac-12 Network. We knew the media could go because we've been attending practices. And we assumed, even as of Sunday night when we did our Tunnel Vision show... That nobody, no, I, I, my guess was there weren't going to be any fans allowed. Maybe they allow um, family members and things like that of the players, but for fans, it seemed like you know a week away, less than a week away, it would been tough to do. But on Monday morning, they did pull the trigger. They got approval from the county, so they will be able to allow fans to come uh, to the spring game on Saturday. So, if you have a, if you are a season ticket holder, you should be getting some information very soon about how you can purchase your tickets. There's all the social distancing, masking, all that stuff. Uh, You have to be in your group of, I believe, groups of up to six people can attend, and you have to sit in your assigned seats and all that. We do know it's going to be four 12-minute quarters of live contact play. They're going to have a Cardinal squad and a Gold squad, so it sounds much more like an actual spring game, so that's good. Uh, We don't know how many season ticket holders are going to be allowed to attend because there's going to be family of the players. Uh, there's some guests and then, of course, the fans. But you should be getting that information soon if you haven't already. So this is, uh, this is big news, Coach. Some fans can actually get out there and watch the team practice.
0: I think it's great news. I'll tell you, you're exactly right. I think uh, family members get six tickets. You all sit together. You're spread out. You sit where you're supposed to sit. And I was surprised. I saw in there that you could. Uh, take your mask off to drink or eat. Now I was surprised they said eating, but uh, maybe I misread that. And then I also saw saw Ryan and you did you did too, probably, that they're going to allow people now in uh, baseball games. There's 12 baseball games left, uh, water polo, uh, all the different uh, sporting activities that are going on. There'll be a certain a limited amount of people who can attend those and watch those too. So. It's starting to open up, and all I can say, people, please follow the rules and regulations so we keep everything going, and there isn't a return to say, no, we can't do this anymore because people aren't following what they're supposed to do. So let's follow it all, and let's get it done, and let's watch what's going on on Saturday. And I got a question for you. Sure. And, you know, I sort, of, I sort of get a little bit confused when they call us a showcase. What is a showcase? A circus? <laughs> what, what is no really what is a showcase every other university in the country that i know as far as what i watch on tv they call it a spring game or a spring scrimmage and you mentioned 4 12 minute quarters cardinal and gold teams full go what's a showcase where did that come from the pr department
1: i think it did coach so uh, this is my uh, take on what this you know how this came about um, why it became a spring showcase. If you remember, it was the Trojan huddle before it was an, a spring game, basically around the time when the sanctions hit numbers were down a little bit. They sort of backed away from doing a real spring game. And it was, you know, the excuse being there's just not enough bodies out there. They didn't have enough scholarship players. So it was going to be some kind of, you know, glorified practice. It wasn't going to be an actual spring game. and, You know, I I don't remember what year the showcase thing came up. It was several years ago, but they kept, it's sort of like a tradition. They started doing it because of the sanctions and they just kept doing it. And I felt like there was years that there were, that they were deep enough and they could have had the, you know, a spring game, maybe have to shuffle a certain position group around a little bit and they play on both sides, whatever. I feel like you could have done that. And then they didn't. And they kind of kept this tradition of a spring showcase going. It's really been through the whole Clay Helton era that they've been doing that. And it's been upsetting for a lot of fans. They want to see an actual spring game. And they this year, Coach, we've heard both. We've heard originally it was going to be spring game. Then they went back and said spring showcase again. But the way they're describing it, it's sounding much more like a spring game. So. Maybe they're keeping the name because they don't want it to, like, oh, we we got we backed away from spring games in the past, and we're we're coming back to it. We'll still call it the spring showcase. They should go back to calling it a charge and huddle again. But I, I, my gut is, Coach, this is going to feel a lot more like a spring game than what we've seen in the last several years.
0: Yeah, that's what's confusing, just the way, uh, you know, everything's confusing in the football program, as far as I'm concerned, as far as the physicality, what they mean by that, the play calling, uh, what's going on there. Uh, you know, all the different things, how you can be happy with the offense or whatever's going on and you can't make a yard on the ground. I mean, uh, you know, these are the type of things that, you know, I think upset the fans and the people. You know, it's called football. It's not a showcase. It's a football scrimmage where you make the team and you don't make the team, and we're going to evaluate you on who's going to eat and who's not going to eat and who's going to have steaks and who's going to have hamburgers. All of the above. This is a real contest as far as who we are and what we're going to do. And when you sort of call it a showcase, I think players think it's a showcase. So let's take our headsets out. Let's dance around. Let's do all the things during warm-ups or whatever. Let's don't be as ready as we're supposed to be. I like to say, hey, guys, we're going out Saturday, and you better bring your lunch. Because it's going to be an all-day fight. So if you get hungry, you brought your food. And uh, let them know exactly what's going on, because it's all part of the same uh, picture that you're painting for the fans and also painting for the players and coaches and us who talk about it. Is it a scrimmage or it is not a scrimmage? Are they going to have trampolines out there? Are they going to have football contests, all the different things they had in the past? Hey, let's find out what football is about, and let's make it a football scrimmage. And that's where people will want to come out and want to be a part of it. Let's don't mislead them and have them guessing like you're guessing. Well, I think it's going to be this, or I think it's going to be that. What do you mean? It's a football scrimmage.
1: Yeah. Uh, We want to see a scrimmage. The fans want to see a scrimmage. If you remember two years ago, it was probably the worst one we've ever seen. Uh, It was live on the Pac-12 network, and it it wasn't even a good practice. It wasn't – yeah, it was just like – they basically said, we're going to have like a regular practice, and it wasn't even like a a good practice – There were people out there. It was on TV. It was like, why did you even bother doing this? So I feel like maybe this year it's a deep group, right, Coach? Like, this is a deeper spring roster than we've seen in quite a while. To me, there's no reason not to. I mean, you got like 19 offensive linemen. Like, that was some of the issues before. You got plenty of bodies out there. I think they need to have a real game. And from what the way they're describing it, I think we're going to see closer to a real spring game.
0: Well, and uh, let's don't – guess let's say that's what they're going to have and let's do it and find out how players can operate on their own on the field without somebody in their ear telling them what to do and whatever else is going on so i just wanted to make that point because it's been confusing to me and maybe it's confusing to our listeners out there hey football is a part of football and you learn to play football by playing football and hitting somebody and somebody hits you back and you react if he knocks you down you get up the next time you knock him down that's what the game's all about. And if you don't feel about it that way, then you shouldn't play it and you shouldn't coach it. And again, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but these other teams you're going to play, Hey, they take it pretty serious. So you better take it pretty serious too.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I from what we've seen so far, I, that much, that's my gut, but you know, we'll have to see what they do on Saturday. Uh, they have 12, you know, four, you know, four, 12 minute periods, it so, you know, sounds like a lighter game. I, I feel like they're doing; they're saying the right things as far as, "Hey, this is actually going to be a game." So we'll see what they do. Uh, but this past weekend, Coach, uh, the Trojans did have a scrimmage on Howard Jones Field. You got to be in the Aquatic Center, high above the the practice field. And you already mentioned, uh, you know, the, the the cool view you've had of the scrimmage. But wanted to get your uh, initial thoughts on what you saw in the scrimmage, Coach.
0: Well, I don't know uh where you want to start. I think the organization of the practice was good for a Saturday. What I meant by that there wasn't much fooling around as far as you know doing things that you could do during the week and when you're in full pad, you get ready to go out and hit. I think you got to keep the tempo up. I think there's uh, uh you know i i you know the uh, what can I say I mean The inside drill was the inside drill I described to you all the time where you run the football and you pound it in there and, and you get the necessary yardage. And those are tough yardage to get when you're inside, especially when you know they're not going to throw the ball much. But that's the way you ought to do it because the defense has an advantage here now. Remember when you do that Oklahoma drill, I still call it that. Well, the defense has an advantage. And the defense here has an advantage again as far as making it tough for you to get yardage. But that's the best way to teach it is to go in there and pound and get off the line. Now I don't see the offensive line getting much push as far as on the offensive line. They come off the line and they're looking on who they're supposed to block and if the guy moves, they got to continually move too and pick up who who's going to come to that position. But you got to do it aggressively. You can't think about it. You gotta go off and you got to play on their side of the line of scrimmage and I really don't see the offensive line playing on their side of the line of scrimmage. I don't see them being aggressive. And for a senior class of offensive linemen, except for the left, left tackles, I would think by now they get that point. And, uh, uh, the defense dominated those drills. The defense really dominated those drills, uh, as far as the inside drill. And, uh, you know, and, and one thing too, you know, and and I, and I know that the quarterback's not going to carry the football. Everybody else knows that too. So when there's one back back there or, you know and when two backs are there you know what play they're going to run they're either going to pass block or what they're going to do is run a a power or run a blast and they ran one fake uh uh, draw pass where in the regular scrimmage why would you run a fake draw pass when you never ran a draw to set up the pass i don't know these are things i think about where you know you 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 have a plan and you tell your quarterback there's only one quarterback that carries out his fakes and that's the kid from Vanderbilt, number 10. He completes the play. When he hands the ball off, he rolls and holds the backside. Now, the backside doesn't stay because they know he's not going to keep the ball. But at least he continues with it, and he moves. And the other quarterbacks, I guess Graham Harrell didn't want him to do that. He just wants him to stand in the pocket and get their ass kicked, okay? And uh, and and that's basically what happens. They And half of the passing drills that went on, those poor quarterbacks We're running for the life. And it's a good thing they had their yellow jerseys or Cardinals jerseys on or they'd have been smacked, okay, because they weren't blocking properly. They didn't have time to throw the ball. Why was there so many interceptions during that period of time or during the day? Uh, uh, Keaton threw two in a row because he's being harassed. His timing is off. He finds a way to get out of the pocket. He's throwing on the run. Uh, Receivers are making adjustments to the original call of the pattern. I mean, really, it's uh, to me, it's it's embarrassing, and I know the defense is ahead of the offense, always should be in the spring, but you got to help the offense. You got to help them with certain type of setting up plays and so on during the regular scrimmage uh, and during the the goal line, and also during the red zone. I think during the red zone or during the goal, line, they scored one time, one time, and. And uh, they think, you know, they can't make it. They can't get it in. They can't push it. They never go under center. They went uh, on the goal line. I think they put the ball in the 12-yard line or 10-yard line. They got in the pistol, which is the uh, eye eye type of back without a full back. And they ran straight ahead, which is an improvement. But why don't you go under center and run a quarterback sneak and make that offensive line get off the football and get that yard and get off the football and get that yard and then keep them guessing on exactly what's going to happen. I mean, it just, you know, I keep preaching to the choir, and until I see different things happening, new running series and actually emphasizing the run during the scrimmage, which they don't do, I'm seeing the same old thing I've seen the last three scrimmages, or the last three springs.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there's some interesting stuff in there, Coach, as far as you know what the defense was doing. You, you say the defense is usually ahead of the offense, and that's fine. Do you feel like it was mostly an issue with the offensive line, or is it a combination of the way the line played, and also just schematically what the you know what the offense was doing? Where you're talking about the quarterbacks, uh, you know, not being a threat to run, you know, not running lining up under center, um, things like that.
0: It's a combination of everything we've been talking about, and after a period of time, you start to think. You know, there's a saying I. I learned from George Allen at one time, and he says, the most dangerous thing is when you think you know and you don't know. And I'm not quite sure if they see the same things all of us see. And I'm not saying I'm a great coach. I'm just a guy that loves football and watches football. But I know you can have the greatest players in the world, but unless you assist them, become better players with what your schemes are and what you're doing, if the other team has equal players or knows what you're going to do, it becomes easier for them. Their series, they don't move the pocket. They don't. They don't change anything. I mean, it's the same thing, same place. I haven't seen anything different except for the alignment. As far as the pistol down on the goal line, didn't see no double tight ends. As far as down there in a jumbo type of situation, when you get down there in the goal line and you got to punch it in, I'm waiting. I keep hoping that I'm going to see these things, and uh, you know, and and no, 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 no type of moving the pocket or trying to help the quarterback. I mean, no type of draws. I mean, one draw and it was a fake. I mean, no series. If if you know football, you have a series. You have a power and a bootleg. You have the, the two-hole, the four-hole, the six-hole, the eight-hole. Uh, and I know they didn't throw their quick screens and all that stuff that they call part of their running game to the outside, bubble screens and all of that. You know, you know. I just wonder, you know, they're, what, they finished their sixth uh, practice they've got the spring game coming up. Are they gonna work on their jet sweeps and counters and things too to help the offense against the defense to keep them off balance? I mean I don't know, but you gotta neutralize the defense or you're never gonna make a yard.
1: Yeah, there's I mean I it's a good I think it's a good sign that the defense was playing as well as they as they were, but like you said, you have to neutralize them at you know in some way. You know, schematically, there's there's not going to be big changes. They're not going to start running I formation. We did hear from Clay McGuire that they might go under center more. I have been seeing more two back sets, um, but maybe not as much as one of those backs being a blocker. A lot of times, it's just one of the guys going out and they act as a receiver. Um, but you know, outside of okay, they're they're going to do what they're doing schematically. That's probably not going to change. You're probably not going to see the quarterbacks. Running and, and you know, keeping the ball on the the you know zone reads and things like that. What did you see from the offensive line that needed to get better? Because they they you know I guess they're working Cortland Ford mostly with the first team out there at left tackle. Uh, but you're seeing young guys on the two deep. Jonah Maheim is uh, backing up Jalen McKenzie at uh, right guard. Um, you know what? And you know, Casey Collier is backing up uh, at, at the left tackle spot. So you got some freshmen in there on the two deep. What did, like, what did you see from the offensive line that needs to get better?
0: Well, what I saw in the offensive line, they look good in their uniforms. Okay? Now, I want to see more than that. You look good in your uniforms, but let's become a football player. And I know if you're a parent out there and those are one of your sons, you want them and you're encouraging them to become the same thing, become a football player. And I think that's part of coaching and getting these kids in. And I'm, I know McGuire is his first year, and he's had six practices and all the above. Okay. But I see the same mistakes. I see the right tackle. I'm not going to use his name. You all know it is. He still holds because people get a jump on him. And so he holds almost every play. I mean, if you wanted to call a holding penalty, you could call it every play. Okay, so I don't know why they let him get away with that, but that's okay. Uh, I don't see him really people getting off the football the way they should get off the football and own the line of scrimmage. They're playing basically down the line of scrimmage where the defense really penetrates, and then all of a sudden, you know, a guy gets through on the on the ball. And they didn't stunt much either, U.S. But when they stunted, when they stunted, the offensive line had no idea, okay? And so I think they call off the Wolves. I, I think I would have, if I was Coach Clay, I Not to call it off. I said, don't do that anymore, Todd. Knock it off. And and because they had no idea. I mean, the poor quarterback, he had a white flag. He lifted up, please, you know. Was if it had been a game, who knows what would have happened. So you know, I think I'd love to see them go to practice one day and never throw the football. Maybe have three quarters of the practice just uh, running game. So somebody gets the idea that the defense has got to get good in the run, and the offense has got good to get better in the run. And until we get better in the run, we ain't going to throw the damn football. But that's what they all look forward to do is throwing the football, throwing the football, even the coaches. And I think it's great. But unless you start to get your running game going, and you're not last in the Pac-12. In rushing, you're not going to win championships, okay? You're going to have to win four or five games in the last seconds and have miracles happen. And you've got too much talent to have that happen. At least, why did you recruit him if you're not going to, you know, if my ex is bigger than you, are oh, I should win. And uh, they're big offensive linemen. Uh, They They should get it done. I, I like Ford. I told you a, a week ago, I like Ford. I think he's got great potential. You know, you you got to baby him, but yet you got to teach him how to shave, and you got to let him know. And uh, you know, you can't baby kids. Uh, you got to say, when we're out here, it's all football, it's all football, and we win and lose by the line of scrimmage on the offensive side and the defensive side. And I and I was really uh, <laughs> embarrassed for the offense, as far as if I'd have been playing after that practice, I'd have taken my offensive staff in there and I'd say, I'm gonna coach the offense. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm going to coach the of offense because obviously we're not in a position where we're getting any better or, or whatever else. And, you know, if you're listening, Graham Hill, I have nothing against you or so on, but you need to get a film. You need to watch uh, the Alabama film, the Ohio State film. You need to watch and see exactly what's going on there, the physicality, what's happening, the belief in the program and all of that. And, and I'm telling you, these, this team should win. But again, and you heard me weeks ago talk about uh, if they don't go 11 and 1, I'm disappointed. They got to split with Notre Dame and they got to split with uh, Arizona State. Or they can beat them both, they're going to defeat it because they, they don't play Oregon. They don't play Washington. They play Oregon State. They play Arizona. I mean, their division is all theirs. UCLA might be a challenge because it's a big game. But there's no excuses. Why you have to win football games by a pointer in the last seconds. You're USC. You're USC. And you've got to build that into who they are and the coaches if they don't believe it. Maybe they have too many quarterbacks on their staff. Mostly, what, six coaches or have played quarterback. They always wore the red, the cardinal jersey. But you got to get tough. And I'm sorry that I'm talking like this, but I don't want to see the same things happen.
1: Now, I get you, coach, and it's it's interesting you say, hey, just run the football. Go go to a practice where all you're going to do is run, and you're never going to pass. Now, that kind of gives the defense an advantage. I know you're never going to throw the football, but um, I, I do some beach volleyball coaching, coach, and sometimes the drill you want them to do is only underhand passing. So that's the first, you know, people want to hit the ball. They want to set or whatever everyone has to pass the ball with control so it's just pass 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 now it's not it's it's basically like just running the football all the time you can't attack the ball over there you have to pass it over and try to put it in a good spot and i think it kind of gets you focused on that's you know that's really the fundamental of playing volleyball is being able to pass the football and control the ball and then the you know the for show is going up and spiking the ball uh i think maybe something similar would be really interesting but it was really that bad cuz you really just felt like there was no way. They just were not running the football at all. It, it, it would need something like just just focus on it because they're, they're just not getting it done right now.
0: No, and with some help, too. <clears throat> with some play series, with things that match and go together and counters and, you know, different things, H-backs and the slot coming around and all the different type of things that help hold the backside, bootlegs, all the things that make you a better football team. You can't be afraid to have your quarterback carry the ball and teach him how to slide. But you've got to hold the outside. You've got to make him be uh, aware that he can run for a first down. You've got to be able to make a first down uh, by running three plays. But you can do that if you spread the defense and you keep them honest on both sides where they can't just collapse on you and kick your butt. So you've got to do these type of things. And it's not all the players' fault. It's running the right plays with the right series. Every time you get... Split backs. I know what it's going to be. They're going to pass the ball. They're going to run the power. They're going to run that same old uh, blast. But there's no bootleg off of it. The quarterback doesn't continue with his fake to the backside. Doesn't hold the backside. I mean, this is, this is simple football. This is simple football. And uh, you know, uh, and I and and I think we're uh, if people watch it Saturday. Let's look for the things I'm talking about and watch and see what they're doing. Watch and see if you see what I do, what the quarterback is doing, if he's carrying out what his fakes. If he keep, kept the football, he'd be still running. He'd be at Santa Monica Beach now. <laughs> I mean, really, you've got to do those things. You've got to do those things, but it helps the defense, too, because you're going to face these quarterbacks that do that. And you've got to, you know, they just can't be ignored. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, I I hear you, Coach. Um, What are some of the stuff uh, you liked from the scrimmage? What did you, maybe more on the defensive side of the ball, what are some of the things that uh, stood out to you that you thought were were positives?
0: Well, I think that when I'm watching it, I I see a lot more enthusiasm, okay? I, I think people are trying. I don't think, like I said, it's the kids or the coaches' enthusiasm. I think it's what they're doing. I saw more hustle. I saw the coaches with a lot of enthusiasm. I saw more discipline. I saw the things out there that you have to do to to get it done. Like I mentioned before, I see the kids in the the right uniforms. I see them, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. Their helmets are on, uh, you know, and I don't hear the loud music during practice where people can concentrate rather than dance on the sidelines. Uh, I see all that, and I think that's really good because it's, study time it's game time and then you're going to have a test on it your test is going to be when we scrimmage or play somebody so you got to really study and you got to know the answers you got to know who you're going to hit and block so I did I really think that the coaches are enthusiastic they're vocal but uh, uh, I I just think that what they're doing uh, on the offensive side they're not having results because I think Todd's doing a good job as far as motivating his players like You know, as you notice, he always has the defense get in a three-point stance when they change possessions and run on the field. Well, one time they didn't run on the field, like he wanted them to run on the field. So he said, excuse me, offense, we got to correct something here. He didn't let it go by. He didn't say, oh, that's okay. Like a lot of times he brought them all back, put them back. He said, now run on the damn field the way you're supposed to run on the damn field. Like, you know, you're supposed to You want to play football. They said, ready, go. or Whatever they do, they move their hand, and away way went. They ran on the field. You can't let things, little things go by. And I think right now the defense has got a lot of confidence, and I like the way they ended practice. There was an intercepted pass. I think Williams intercepted the pass. I can't remember. And the whistles blew three times. The horn blew. Practice was done, and it ended with not the offense getting another chance. You don't deserve, you didn't get another chance. Defense kick your butt, we're in practice, there's no other chances. We lost the game, or whatever. So I think that's a good point, too, is, uh, oh, we can't end it like that. Yes, you can end it like that. That's the way it should end. And, uh, you know, I I, I see that, but I think the kids are trying, and that's what's important when you get your kids trying. And, and see, I see a couple of kids – Uh, get an elbow or get a shoulder. they look over. They wouldn't want to look at the sideline. And and they played the next play. And then they're all right. They played the rest of the scrimmage. Uh, They're learning that uh, a bruise is not your heart. You know, and now when your heart's in trouble, you better get off the field. Uh, But a bruise here and there is not going to kill you. And uh, it toughens you up uh, in a way as far as knowing that, you know, uh, what's the old... Uh, saying, you know, when you take the beaches, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that go down, but you keep going. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly the philosophy I would be teaching.
1: Yeah. I like that too, coach, because sometimes you just seem to be like they want to save like the, a great offensive play to end things. But, you know, it's a great defensive play. You get an interception like that. And if the defense has been dominating, don't give the offense another opportunity. Let them, you know, have that bad taste in their mouth when they go back to the locker room. And like, man, that was bad. We gotta, we gotta fix this. And and maybe they come out uh, in the next practice and, and play better.
0: You're exactly right. And and you think I'm kidding you? I would have it that uh, after the scrimmage, now they all say, "How can he do this?" It's not the kids' fault. But you got to make a reason. There's got to be a trophy for doing well. The defense would add steaks, and the offense would add hot dogs. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know if you can do that nowadays, Coach, but I get you. No, you, you
0: can't okay. do that. But in my days, we had two barbecues. The ones that won and played well, the ones that, you know, didn't pay the bill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, in, in general, for what you've seen Saturday, what do you think? I mean, as far as, you know, this coming Saturday, the spring showcase, the spring game,
0: uh, call it, don't call it showcase. Let's call please. it spring game. What's, Y'all get me all mad.
1: Yeah. I don't want to get you mad um, for the spring game. Do you feel like, you know, they can do some things to kind of help the offense. Like you're talking about, like what, I mean, if it goes the same way and it's just a, you know, dominated by the defense uh, it's, it's going to be tough. I think um, for the offense going forward. I mean, can, they can tweak some things to sort of like skew things in the offense's favor. I mean, how do you think they're, this is going to go down on Saturday?
0: Well, first of all, I'd go ones against ones. One thing they're going to do, and I'll look for this right away, are they going to go ones against threes so that the offense has a better chance of being successful? I, I know your opponents aren't going to do that. Your opponents are going to start your best players, okay? So the first thing you draw, we got to make our offense look good. They're losing confidence. They're losing confidence. Yeah, they're losing confidence. But you gotta to learn to do it against the good guys. And you gotta look at yourself as a coach and say, What are we doing wrong? Why aren't we doing this and doing that? And why aren't we successful? And if I was uh maybe Graham Harold, I'd talk to Todd, I'd say, Todd, tell me what we could do to make it a little bit more difficult for us for you on the defensive side of the football. I mean, uh, you know, you're part of the staff, you all win and you don't lose when you go to a football game it isn't like the defense won and the offense lost. It's you all get the W, or all get the the the, the loss. And, you know, and I know they do that anyway. At least say, oh, I hope they're doing that. Or they understand they're doing that. So please don't try to balance it out by putting ones against threes, and twos against uh, fours, and whatever you're doing to make, uh, you know, one side of the football look better than the other. You've got to learn to play ones against ones. Ones against ones, because that's what you're going to play with on Saturday. Your ones against their ones. So you don't make it easy. You just say, what you've got to improve as a coach and an offense to become competitive. And it, maybe we're not doing the right things or not things. Maybe we uh, have tendencies. Maybe we do this or maybe we do that. You got That's why they pay you a million a year or two million a year. You know? Yeah. You can draw up the plays. You can draw them up, but then that doesn't mean they're going to work. You've got to make it a reason why it's going to work. So this, this is what I would say. I wouldn't balance it. I'd go all out, ones against ones. That's what you're going to play on Saturday in the fall. And, I, and I'd let it roll a goal line. I'd go through all of them, And if we don't get to the goal line, then I'd make sure we got to the goal line. I'd put the ball down there, and we'd have three or four series where we worked on it in case we ever got there. And the same thing on the, in the red zone. Find out we need, and then at the end of the game, we need two first downs. And we're not going to throw the damn football. But the defense doesn't know that. So what you're going to do is continue your fakes and do different things and and move the football and pound it. You tell the offense, hey, guys, two first downs, we win this game. Let's get it. These are the type of things I think you have to drive. And you do the same with the defense. Hey, we stop them on this drive, we win the game. These are the type of things and mental attitudes that you put in their heads now before you really have to do it.
1: All right, Coach. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and do a few questions back in a minute. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. We've got a couple questions this week, Coach, but any other, before we get into that, any other thoughts you had from the scrimmage you wanted to share that maybe we didn't uh, discuss already?
0: Uh, Well, the only thing is the tight ends. they got a tight end coach now, and I don't know what the tight ends did to block. So I don't really know. Why don't they just put them on the line of scrimmage? They use them as an H-back and and go to two backs when they do that or whatever. So they have a chance when they go to two backs to have a tight end so they can run a power play or do what they have to do and I don't but the tight ends aren't involved in, in much of it anymore and, uh, and it's the way it's been before. so I don't know. It's, that's why uh, I really feel it's still in the passing mood and that's what they are passing offense because unless you get the big tight ends in they're blocking people and go to double tight and balance the defense. and if you're a football guy out there, you know what I'm talking about when you run double tight, you balance the defense where they have to play nose on you evenly. They can't overload a side. Then you got a chance of running the ball and doing different things. But again, I you know we'll wait and see what their thoughts are.
1: All right. Uh, well, we got a question from Don, and it's uh, it titled Max Brown. So Max Brown's former USC quarterback, and he's been doing you know he's he's been doing a bunch of media. I don't know where this is this, what interview Don is referring to, but apparently this is something that Max Brown said, but he said a comment Max Brown made about his meeting with Clay Helton was rather disturbing. And I believe it shows Clay Helton's character when Clay Helton informed Max that he would no longer be the starter. So this is back, uh, you know, when Sam Darnold was getting started and they, they started off the 2016 season uh, the first three games. So Max wasn't going to be the starter. He said the meeting lasted 10 minutes. Considering that Max spent three years waiting to start, participated in all the practices, was was reliable for three years and could have transferred any time, but elected to stay a Trojan, I believe he deserved more than a 10-minute meeting. Did he deserve more than a 10-minute meeting? You know the old saying about Hilton's future, gee, we have to wait till 2023. Uh, Okay, he's all over the place there, but Coach um, when you have to inform someone like that, is it usually a longer meeting? How does that go?
0: Well, it's a difficult answer because I, I don't know. I don't think that they didn't have a feeling before that uh, what's going on with his position coach and the head coaches. They talk all the time. They have grading that goes on. They watch tape together every day. They practice every day, and and if they were that equal, okay. Uh, but I think that uh, you have to, responsibility uh, to talk to who's going to start. And normally I would do it with both the quarterbacks together. Uh, I wouldn't do it one without the other, because you want to hear it both together at the same time. So you understand what one's been told and the other one's been told. You don't, uh, you don't guess what the other one's been told, you know? So I would have both in the same room and I'd go through it and explain why I made the decision I made. And uh, I hope that uh, I know you're disappointed. If you're not disappointed, you're not the type of person I think you are. And uh, I really do want you to be a part of us and, and be there because you're one play away. And we've seen that one play away, one play away. We've seen it all the time with quarterbacks, one play away. What about Keaton Solis when he was one play away from taking JT Daniels' place? And you try to build him up by saying, if you're not disappointed, I'm, I would be disappointed in you. But as the coaches have decided that this is the way we're going to go, I expect you to be there. I expect you to be a support. I expect you to be into the game. I expect you to have headsets on. I expect you to write down every play. And I expect you to be ready that if you do go in the game, you had a great attitude and you're ready to go and play, not sulking in the background or talking in the locker room and becoming a locker room lawyer or your parents calling me wanting to know what's going on or all of the above. I think you have to be straight out, honest with kids today. Kids have been around football for a long time, and kids know exactly who's the best and who's not the best. and uh, And sometimes they they don't agree with you, but you're the coach, okay? And you're the one that have to make these decisions, and they're not easy decisions. It's harder for him to give the talk to the players than it is for them to accept it. Believe me. When I used to have to remove a player off the team, a disciplined player, it hurt me more than it did the player. It hurt me more because I knew what, what I was doing, and I hated to do it. But there's certain things you have to do, and that's the responsibility of a head football coach, knowing how to communicate with your players, knowing how to make sure they understand you really care about them, knowing that you've got to win football games too. So uh, there's no single individual more important than the entire program. And I wanted to let my coaches know that everybody on my staff know that, that all of us are together. Not one of you are more important than the other. We're all the same. And that's the type of talk I would not only give to my quarterbacks, but the entire staff and team.
1: Yeah. And I think Don's just being a little overly critical here of Clay Helton. I mean, we were not in the meeting. You don't know how it could have went. I mean, you could have, the meeting could have lasted an hour if they wanted it to. Um, It could have lasted five minutes. If I'm, if I'm the coach, I, don't, I mean, if you're the player, I don't necessarily want to hear the coach tell me 15 minutes why I, I'm not the starting quarterback anymore. But if I have questions, I want them to be able to answer those, and that might make the meeting go longer. And if you're the head coach, yeah, I mean, I don't think you want to sit there and lecture some a player for 15, 20 minutes. But you you state what, you know, like Coach said, you be honest, you state why the decision was made, you can kind of give any bra- background, whatever you need to do, supporting it, and then – if the player has a crap load of questions, sit there and answer them. If he says, okay, coach, and walks out, and then he walks out. I don't think you can just say, oh, Clayton's a bad coach or he has bad character because the meeting only lasted 10 minutes. I just think that's very. I, I think Don's just looking for a reason to be critical of Clay Helton.
0: Now, who is it that said that?
1: This is. So Don is saying from a Max Brown interview, he said he had a 10 minute meeting with Clay Helton. Who's I don't. Don? I have, yeah. I don't know who the. What the context was? What Max Brown said? Um, if he said it was ten minutes and I wanted it to be an hour, that's one thing, you know. Or if it was, you know, it, it, he might have wanted it to be di- I don't know, ten minutes. I mean, I don't know how long you want to hear. It's like if you're getting broken up with or your girlfriend. Like, do you want it to last an hour or do you want it to last ten minutes? I'm not no, sure. No. You want it to go longer?
0: Yeah, I, I did. I didn't hear that or understand. I didn't know who Don is, but you know, first of all, I think and Clay Elton's been really good to Mac Brown. I mean, he transferred away, went to Pitt, and they accepted him back at USC. In many cases, when you leave that school, you're giving up your somewhat relationship with that university, and you're going to another school. He's coming back and getting employed by USC or having the opportunity to be at USC. I think that Clay has always had the door open to help his players, and I want you to know that. He's kinder to him in a lot of ways than maybe I would have been as far as, you know, you can go away, but if you want to come back, you can come back. You know the different philosophies at different places. So I think that's uh, – I don't know if, if Clay is not uh, – as Clay would be that type of person.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you there, Coach. Um, all right, we got one last one. It's more of a statement from uh, Junior in Marino Valley. He sent in a picture of his, his dog before. He sent another one. Uh, he's got a, a black – looks like kind of a retriever – with a USC jersey on. He says, I know Olive made it on the podcast. Here's a picture of my do- That was his other dog. Picture of my dog, Shaq, with his USC football jersey on game days. I know he can't be seen through the podcast, but just want to drop in. Glad you guys are all back attending practices. Can't wait until we can all go to a game safely. And, uh, Junior, we all can't wait for that either. And, hopefully, your season ticket holder, you get an opportunity you can go see the the spring game.
0: Junior, I love dogs, Okay. I'm an animal lover, and I'm glad you sent us a picture. Or you sent Ryan a picture of, of your dog. What's your dog's name? Call in and let us know what your dog's name is. It was okay? Shaq,
1: and then Olive was the other dog. So.
0: Okay, good, 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 good. Well, take care of your dog, and we hope the Trojans win. And for all of you out there, I don't know if we're done or not, Ryan, but I you know, I was sort of honest the way I say, see it and what I'd be doing if I was coaching that team, and, As far as I think I'm responsible to you as listeners to not BS you or tell you exactly my thoughts. And as I always say, you can agree or don't agree. If you're a parent, I didn't attack any single individual player. I just talked as a group. But you want your son to do and have the opportunity to be successful, both in the classroom and out of the classroom, on the field. And they're both the same type of situations. You want them to have a great college experience. So you want me to get all A's and win all the games. So that's basically what if I was a teacher, that's the way I'd approach it.
1: All right, coach. Well that's a good way to wrap up the show. Uh, great insight onto USC scrimmage and we are looking forward to being there at the Coliseum in person and seeing some fans in the stands. That is gonna be cool. So uh, we you know, we've been able to go to the Coliseum last year, we you know, attend some games without fans. Having some fans in the stands is going to make a big difference. Just like watching golf over the weekend and the Masters and having patrons there at Augusta, having some of the crowd there was great. Um, I, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to Saturday, Coach, and seeing some fans.
0: Well, I'll see you out there, Ryan, buddy. So take care, and I hope a lot of you get the opportunity to watch it too.
1: Yes, hope so. That's Coach Charvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoy the show, and we will talk to you next time.
0: To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire2022.org.
1: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast,
0: presented by uscfootball.com.